Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. Why is a great scan so important? And most importantly, how do we develop one? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com and you are listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. Complete private instrument commercial and CFI online ground school, knowledge test prep, check ride prep, but most importantly, setting out to make you that safe real world pilot in the real world IFR environment. Our instrument approach videos, I show you an ILS with steam gauges. I show you an ILS on a G1000 because first off, I don't know what you're flying. And secondly, I don't know what you're going to fly in the future. You could be like me and do all your you know, instrument rating in a steam gauge aircraft and then go run out a G1000 one day. And can you take that instrument flying? Legally, yeah. Should you, if you're not proficient in it? Probably not. Uh, groundschoolacademy.com to learn more about that. And on that topic of STEAM versus G1000, which we've debated uh, before, I want to chat with you today about developing a great scan. Why is a great scan, a great scan of your instruments, so important? And how do we work to develop them? We're going to talk about different methodologies, different means of accomplishing this. You know, your scan is your most basic, fundamental of instrument flying. Your first few instrument lessons aren't going to be shooting approaches and everything else. They're going to be flying the airplane, straight and level, maybe some flight maneuvers with reference only to your instruments. And that's how we're going to accomplish it because without this foundation in scanning your instruments, everything else you do will just be a waste. So we have to master the scan. Now, with the scan, we're given some different, I guess we could call them methods, but in, in a way, they're some are methods more so than than others here, the methodologies of it. You're going to hear phrases like control and performance method or primary and supporting method. Then if you followed us for any length of time, you heard me say the T-scan, the hub and spoke, and then we're going to talk about adding these elements really in there. But let's go back to our roots and start with the most basic because you're going to need to understand something called primary and supporting method, sometimes called the primary and the secondary method. Now, if you've prepped, if you've practiced for your instrument pilot written test, knowledge test, you've seen some questions in there that say, in a climbing left turn, which instrument is a secondary instrument? Which instrument is a primary instrument? Well, that methodology, those questions come right from the primary and supporting or primary and secondary method. Back in the day, that was really the only, shall we call it, FAA approved method for scanning your instruments and really more so interpreting and utilizing your instruments. It's using the information provided 
forgiven flight conditions. For example, they'll always tell you that your DG, your, your directional gyro, your heading indicator, is a primary instrument for bank. Because, well, if my DG isn't moving, I'm not turning. It's true, right? But you would never think, if I told you, what's a primary instrument you would look at for banking? You'd probably want to go, oh, my attitude indicator, my turn corner, you know, things that tell me banking information. But that's not what they're, they're asking. We want primary here, right? I listed a lot of supporting, some secondary things. But primary are directional gyro simply because if it's not moving, I'm not turning. The same is true with something like our altimeter. Altimeter is primary for our pitch because um, if, if it's not, you know, changing, um, we're not doing anything. Do you, do you understand what, what I mean here? These are what we mean when we're talking primary versus supporting, primary versus secondary instruments and the methods. You're going to need to know that for the knowledge test and really... You're going to need to know it, just being that safe, a real-world pilot, which is what we're pursuing, what we're after. But you're going to know this eventually as second nature. It's just knowing where to look. We're then brought into the control and performance method. Now, this was first adopted by the military. And it goes to kind of what you would think, that essentially we use the attitude indicator for most things. This is, I mean... The military was using control and performance for both VFR um, and IFR. And what we're essentially doing is selecting an attitude based on what we want to do and confirming that airplane is acting, that that performance is, is performing as we expect. That's what we're doing with the control performance. And all the other instruments act as backup instruments to confirm that performance that we're receiving. This is, I'm going to put the airplane, I'm going to input the controls to where I want, and I'm going to expect certain performance. I control the airplane up five degrees on the attitude indicator. I'm anticipating to climb. I look at my altimeter. I confirm, yes, I'm climbing. I look at my airspeed and confirm, oh, it's slowing down. I'm probably climbing. And I'm using the other instruments to really back me up in this. You could say, well, isn't that primary or isn't that uh, yeah, primary and secondary? No, not necessarily because very rarely is the attitude indicator a primary instrument in that case, depending on which method we're actually ending up using. So hopefully that's not too terribly confusing. That's a old FAA ideology. You will be quizzed on it for the knowledge test, so you're going to want to have a firm understanding of it, no doubt. So let's get into the actual scan techniques themselves. Now, these methods, these scan techniques, shall I say, are going to benefit you whether it's G1000, steam gauges, um, shotgun panel. We can make an argument for any of these scans based on what we have. By the way, when I say shotgun panel, I'm talking about some earlier Cessnas, earlier Pipers that have the attitude indicator in one spot, and it's not your standard six pack, so I mean when I say shotgun panel. So, first up is the T-scan. The T-scan works best in a G1000 environment. Picture a G1000 screen 
what do we have over on our left? I have my airspeed. Move across making the top of a capital T. What do I have in the middle now? My attitude indicator. Continuing that top of that T across, what's on the far right side? I've got my altitude, I've got my vertical speed. And in IFR, I have my glide slope. Let's go back to the middle now and draw that T straight down. What else do I have? I have my head indicator, my DG. I have my localizer, you know, portrayed as an HSI in this case. And can you see how my eyes make this T shape? And through that T shape, through that T scan, I can see everything that I need to see. And most importantly, why we have these scans is to keep our eyes moving. That's what we're really after. Keep our eyes engaged, keep them moving, because when you fixate on any one thing, everything else usually goes awry in that case. You cannot afford to fixate. If you, and we do this so often as flight instructors, I'll tell you, hey, you've got to hold that heading. I told you heading 360, you've got to hold that heading and you'll fixate. You'll say, man, Jason really wanted me to hold this heading. So I'm going to sit there and fixate on this heading. And that's not correct because your altitude, everything else is going all over the place. So we cannot fixate on certain things. We have to keep our eyes moving. So then we're given, more so for my standard six-pack, we're given what's called the hub and spoke method. And picture that hub and spoke. Picture the hub of a bicycle wheel with all the spokes going out of it to the actual wheel itself. The hub in this case is your attitude indicator. And this works, excuse me, this works with a G1000 as well. It just works best with a uh, with steam gauges. If the attitude indicator is your hub, and then you head off to your spoke to check your airspeed and back to your hub, your attitude indicator. Check my heading down to my DG, back up to my attitude indicator. Oh, let's see how my altitude's doing, over to my altimeter and back to my attitude indicator. And to really step this up, you can use what's called the waltz method, which is just like we're dancing and one and two, switch, one and two, switch, one and two, switch. And we continue to make these adjustments. We continue to keep our eyes moving so we're not fixating on any one thing. Now, in an environment where the T-scan is great because in a G1000, I can incorporate my glide slope, my HSI, all those items are just right there. So I'm just, I'm not venturing. My eyes aren't going anywhere that they weren't already. I'm just interpreting, I'm digesting new information because there's more there for me. With the hub and spoke method, when you add a CDI, you know, glide slope localizer to the equation, VOR, whatever it may be, it's one more spoke for you to have to check. And at various frequencies as well. If I see myself getting right of the localizer, I'm coming back to my attitude indicator, then back down to my heading indicator to see, am I um, on my heading? Do I need to make some adjustments? And then back to my indicator, back to my CDI, and kind of continuing on and through there. Now, 
if you're given a shotgun panel, which is very, very difficult to do instrument flying in, I would highly recommend you find a standard six-pack or a G1000, something different to do that in because it's you're just making it very difficult on yourself having that shotgun-style panel because you're going to have to make some adjustments to one of these methods, whether it be the hub-and-spoke, the T-scan, whatever works best for that shotgun panel. There's a reason we have standard panels now. It's because of these very scan methods that we're talking about. So I've given you some information on what you need to know for the knowledge test, primary and secondary, control and performance. I've given you some very real world T-scan, hub and spoke, adding different elements during an approach for CDI, glide slope, based on G1000, steam gauges, shotgun panel, whatever it may be. But this comes down to you now, really figuring out what works best for you. Some methods I teach my students is first off, get on a simulator. It doesn't have to be a simulator you can legally log. You can download X-Plane on your computer and just utilize that to practice your instrument scan. Next time at your airplane, take a picture of the instrument panel. Make it the background on your computer. Print it out poster size on the computer or an office store, whatever it may be, and have a poster of it so you can sit in your chair and truly chair fly and practice with that. It's going to make you a safer, smarter pilot, and that is what we're truly after. So listen, thanks so much for listening to this. Don't forget, we also have the Private Pilot Podcast, the Commercial Pilot Podcast, and the CFI Podcast Certificated Flight Instructor Podcast. So do check all of those out as well on uh, iTunes. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this. Enjoy the rest of your day, and most importantly, remember, that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you.